Finally played a game, Mike. Finally, we actually got to watch Carl United play a game of football. Less said about the I wish we game. didn't, to be honest. I know, that's what I going to say. Less, less <laughs> said about the game, the better, isn't it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Brunton Bugle, your regular dose of Carl United chat and uh, crack and all that sort of stuff. Uh, from Bobby Parker to Stefan Puravacci and Kevin Gray to Danny Granger, we've got it covered. This is episode 37. Today, we're going to look back at that game against Harrogate, a narrow 1-0 defeat. And we're also going to preview the... Tough double header against um, promotion chasing rivals uh, Salford and Tranmere. And as well as that, we've got some a couple of news updates and the usual look at what X United players have been getting up to. Already mentioned his name there, though. I'm uh, joined as usual by one of my co hosts, and today it's Mike Booth. Mike, Mike, mate, how's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. Obviously, disappointed with uh, the other night, but uh, I mean, it's another two tough games to sort of try and bounce back from it from. But yeah, at least, at least we're playing football again. Yeah, that's the most important thing. I mean, got to get into a rhythm now, really, hasn't it? That's 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 the key mm-hmm. thing for the for the team, at least. Um, just before we uh, go any further, um, do you know what the links the four players? I'm gonna guess. Are they all on the new flag? Got it in one. I'm quite impressed. I wasn't yeah. sure if you'd get that, but there you go. Well, yeah. well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, very very well done there indeed. So yeah, they are all on the legend legends flag, which we'll we'll discuss shortly, won't we, Mike? Um, it's one that uh, I think we could have done with Dan actually here to update because he's the one who knows the most about it. He's been the the mastermind, shall we say. But before we actually properly get going on today's episode, you might have remembered a, a few weeks ago we did a competition, chance to win one of the walling bobble hats that have been uh, produced by the guys at footballbobbles.com. Um, fantastic hats, by the way. I've got, I've got one myself, been wearing it out on a, when I'm doing my uh, mandatory um, allowed exercise each day. So it's... Uh, very, very good at keeping your noggin warm. Um, so we had a chance to win one of those. It was a competition we held. Um, now, to, to, to win the, to basically enter the competition, you had to answer a very, very simple question, which was basically which club did Carl Saldine Walling to when he left in 1997? The answer was, of course, Lincoln City. It was 44 entries we had to the competition, Mike. Um, now, one person was going to win the hat plus a special 94-95 pin badge. And four other people are going to get the pin badges as runner-up prizes. Now, I found a website that randomly picks winners for competitions so that, you know, I'm, I'm not just randomly picking a name. I think last time we just chose the number from a spreadsheet, but I've managed to find a website that does it now. So I'm going to press the button here now, and we're going to find out who the winner is out of all these uh, entries. Do you want to do a drum roll? The winner is regan thompson congratulations to regan you have won the hat and one of the badges we'll be in contact with you shortly to uh, sort out getting it sent to you um the four runners up we'll pick them at off air rather than having you sitting here waiting while i pick a name out the uh, the competition winner thing um and basically we'll, we'll announce them on uh, twitter and on facebook so uh, there you go uh so straight on to news then mike um 
not a massive amount to report here, is there? Really, <laughs> it's, no, it's been a quiet really. couple of weeks. So the only really bit of news is that um, the Crawley game's being rearranged. So that means all of United's fixtures that were postponed for the various reasons have now been uh, found slots. Interestingly, this game's going to now take place on Tuesday, the thirtieth of March, with a seven pm kickoff. A little bit surprising, this isn't it? Because this is going to go in mm. just before the Good Friday game, which now means United have four games in a space of ten days, which. Yeah. Seems a little bit ridiculous, quite frankly, to me. But there you go. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal, is it? Really? No. <laughs> but it seems that EFLs have some sort of thing where they don't like until the very last minute to put those games in the last weekend and the last midweek, sorry, of the season. Do yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, the, there could well be another game, um, you know, postponed between now and that last week of the season. So they obviously got to keep that available for as long as possible. Yeah, you think it would be a bit fairer to shift our game to the Saturday and then the other game to the Tuesday, but again... You'd think so, but... You've got to get the other clubs to agree with these things, haven't you? So there you go, the Crawley games are being rearranged. It means there's only one midweek left, and that's the last midweek of the season, basically, now. So, you know, fingers crossed there won't be another game off, but I'm not holding my breath on that one. Um, mm. And then just briefly, we've got a fans uh, flag appeal update. So, as you said before, we could have done with Dan to update on this, so... Basically, all the designs have been finalised, so uh, we're getting six flags in total. I think it's two long, sort of rectangular ones, then four uh, square-shaped ones, I think it was, wasn't it? So uh, mm. the rectangular ones, you've got one that says Be Just and Fear Not, I think, on it, um, with the red fox in the middle and sort of blue, sort of and white down the middle and blue on the horizontal edges, isn't it, I think? Um, you've got the Legends flag, which I think looks fantastic, I have to say. And I know yeah, people definitely. have been bickering, saying, oh, so-and-so has been left off and that, but thing is, I mean, the way people were listening, you could have just had one which had most of the 74-75 team on. Mm. And although people know the big names in that team, for the younger fans, they're not going to know some of the other players mm. in there, really. And for them, you know, people like, you know, your David Reeves and your Dean Wallings and your Peter Murphys and Danny Livesey's, they're the ones they remember, Michael Bridges, people like that. So I think there's been a good mix. I think, I think Dan's done a really good job actually getting together a list there. And yeah, there's yeah. a couple of players I would have added on there, but they're not there. That's just the way it is. You know, we mm. learn to deal with it, don't we? So um, there's that one. There's the Beach Boys one, which I think looks great as well. I know a few people have said, oh, well, why are you wasting money on one for the current squad? I mean, you can't you can't win, can you, Dan, really, with this, to no. be fair? But at the same time, I think we only plan to raise about 750 quid, don't we? And, yeah, know. I think it's £500 was the starting amount, and they've managed to get yeah. five, oh, just over five grand, which is incredible, really. So it's all, all a bonus, really. Yeah, so yeah, and there's a couple of square ones with various logos and things like that on them so they're they're going to be fantastic as well um hopefully should be in place i think possibly by the end of this month was the hope it's the, the company they've used is the same one i used for my flag that i got last season and they're brilliant they got it done really quickly so i can imagine there's a good chance they'll be in place by the end of this month possibly so hopefully I get to see them soon so well done dan well done everyone who chipped in towards that as well i know there's a little bit of money left over and they're discussing potentially what that could be used towards as well so i think there's a few ideas floating about about that so that should be good um so let's get on to the match review there mike um so it's the harrogate game harrogate one Cal united nil um yeah great to finally see the lads back in action but in the end a bit of a damp squib really wasn't it uh united yeah. huffed and puffed and never really threatened against the Resolute Harrogate side who grabbed their goal from the penalty spot and to be honest they only really threatened a couple of times on the break after that didn't they really and you know we sort of it's a weird game in that we had the ball a lot didn't we and it's not something we've been used to this season but we just no. couldn't really couldn't break them down we, we sort of ran out of ideas a little bit and we're sort of hoofing the ball forward weren't we 
Yeah, I mean, normally we're the other way around in that sort of, you know, we might have less possession than teams, but we'll break them down a bit. But, uh, you know, I mean, even though we did sort of dominate, certainly more in the second half, they tested farm and a hell of a lot more than we tested their keeper, didn't they? Yeah, that's that's the key thing, is that when you look at the, the stats, we've had more shots in total, but we've only had two on target. And they've had nine mm. shots, but they've had four on target. And yeah, yeah I think... One in particular, I think Farman came out, didn't he? I think to Aaron Martin and made a really good save at his feet in the second half. Yeah. And I think he tipped one over the bar in the first half as well. But I mean, mm. you know, that's, including the penalty, that's three of your four shots on target. Yeah, exactly. Other end, I think Zanzal had one where he sort of directed it towards goal, but he was always stretching to get to it. It, it, it really wasn't, it just was a bit of a flat performance for me. And I know... Fox Analytics yeah. on Facebook has picked out a few things and showed that actually we weren't as below par as you may think in terms of stats, but just watching the performance, it, it felt a little bit low tempo, which is understandable yeah. with the get out times we've been out. But yeah, I, I don't know what you thought about it generally. I, I, just, I just felt I felt a little bit disappointed afterwards. Yeah, no, definitely. I was very disappointed. I mean, regardless of, you know, you can say there's a small pitch or whatever and it was tough conditions. Harrogate are a team that, you know, if you're looking at automatic promotion, you need to be beaten regardless of the sort of the other conditions. Um, I mean, the, the positives, you know, obviously the goal we conceded, it was a pathetically cheap penalty, you know. So you could you can say that we haven't been conceding in open play since God knows when. Um which is, is a mild is that a worry, positive though? to take. Is that a worry, though? We're giving away silly penalties and silly it, set pieces. It, 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 it is silly, yeah. But, you know, we're not being carved apart and conceding goals in open play um, like we have done in previous seasons. I mean, is this is probably down to the lack of game action, do you think? Maybe it's a case of that players aren't quite sharp and, you know, mentally they're not making the right decisions, really, in those sort of areas. I mean, it, it's one of the ones with Anderton. You look at it and you think, yeah, the lad might get a crossing, but... There's no need to lunge in like he did, is there? Really? No, exactly. I mean, I mean, I've been an advocate for a little while now. I, I've, I've said I think I would rather play Jack Armour at left back than Anderson. I, you know, Anderson's the captain. He's probably going to play when he's fit, which is a shame, really. But I, I honestly think that Armour is a preferable option there. But I mean, other, other positives. You know, I thought that some players might be going down, cramping up a little bit near the end, and I didn't see any of that. Um, which is really positive. Another positive was we're not going to have to listen to them BBC Radio Yorkshire oh. commentators ever again. Let's get that out of the way right now. They were absolutely bloody awful. I think the guy who was the main commentator, I think he said he, he was celebrating 40 years at the BBC quite recently. Yeah. Um, he sounded like Compo, didn't he? he was, or I think someone said Alan Bennett, which I thought was a yeah, terrific yeah, description definitely. of what he sounded like. He I think he used to be York's commentator for a couple of decades as well, actually, at some point, yeah. before Harrogate obviously got the way up the leagues. Um, he was just, he was quite dull. Um, he didn't seem to know particularly who our players were. And I know, you know, you can struggle with opposition player names, but I mean, who was this Alexandra who was playing up front for us in the first half? It's, yeah, it was I ridiculous. And the co-commentator was a fellow. I think, I think I only got, his first name was James. I think it might have been James Whittaker. When the yeah. name rings a bell, I think he might have been at York few years back possibly I think so yeah but I mean he he was dreary as well really he wasn't much better and he was you know I think he was slagging off Alessandro a bit wasn't he because I think he was at York for a while I think that's why he remembered him and yeah god he was just so dull wasn't it and like everything York did was suddenly world class 
Harrogate. And, sorry, God, I'm as bad as them now. <laughs> Everything Harrogate did was was world class in their eyes, wasn't there? And yeah, yeah. You know, they they, they were uh, just you know, it's one of these downsides, isn't it, for this whole COVID thing? It's not being able to have our own contact who know about our team there, really. So yeah, exactly. I mean, people might give James Phillips and uh, Chris Lumsden stick from time to time, but honestly, you don't realise what you have until it's gone. Consummate um, professionals compared against that. I tell you that yeah, much. but uh, but yeah, uh, back on the game. I mean, Alessandro wasn't particularly effective. I think on a pitch that size, he does best sort of when the space for him to carve open for his teammates, and there just wasn't uh, that night. I mean, I, I said to you, didn't I? Um, during the game, the game was crying out for John Mellish just to be yeah. running yeah. around because there was quite a few loose first touches. And you just want someone just charging around like a bull in a china shop, just picking up them loose first touches, picking up on any mistakes. And, you know, it's one of them. But it's just a, a tough a, a, t- a tough game. And, you know, obviously we didn't get the result. Do you think Beach got his uh, team selection wrong? I mean, he's brought in... I mean, I, I can understand why... Tanner's come back into the team for mm. Armour. I can totally understand that. And keeping Anderton in, yes, as captain, you you know why he's going to do that, don't you? Mm. But in the attacking positions, I mean, I, I, to be fair, before the game, I did suggest I thought Dickinson should play, but having seen the pitch and where it was, mm. I think I agree. I think Millish would have been better in there. Yeah, Maybe I mean, Dick, Dickinson's a footballer, isn't he? At the yeah. end of the day, he, he plays football and you couldn't really play a lot of football on that pitch. And that's he, why he started very slowly, didn't he? But I actually thought yeah. second half he was one of our better players and he was creating mm. a lot. Actually, he was getting he was getting to the byline line. You could see he was linking fairly well. Ethan Walker just flattered to deceive a little bit. He didn't yeah, look up to I, speed. I, I forgot he was playing at one point. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he, he wasn't that effective. I mean, Gimme Tourie's done quite well in recent games when he's come on and things like that. Is it worth getting him back in the starting lineup again? I mean, he was excellent at the start of the season, and yeah, he got his red card and was suspended, and never really got back into the team after that, did he? But I just think he might be worth running the team again. I don't know about you. Well, Pat- Patrick made that amazing run, didn't he, when he came on, where he basically ran uh, three quarters the length of the pitch. pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, for me, I've said for a while, it's got to be Patrick Coyote and Alessandra starting generally. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it's it's unlucky for Torre because he, he does look really good when he comes on. But I think unless there's an injury or something, he's he's going to have to be patient. I think. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Coyote there. His goal threat seems to have just completely disappeared lately, hasn't it? It mm. just doesn't seem to be. He's got that goal against Bolton in from the, the set piece, didn't he? With a header from the corner, I think it was. Mm. But by that, like in the last couple of months, he's, he's just even three months. I he's not really ever looked like he's going to score. It's not like he's, he's missing loads of chances. He's just not really getting to the areas to mm. have chances, is he? That, that, that's the thing that worries me a little bit. I know he's playing out wide, he's playing a different role, but do you maybe change it up? And maybe get him back into the middle for a bit and see whether he can cause some problems there. He seems to rate Zanzila quite early. We'll get into that in a minute, but maybe you could yeah, put Tori on the right. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- there's been games where Coyote's come off the bench and you you realise what he brings on when he comes yeah. on off the bench, like his, his touch and sort of defenders. He's quite good at sort of backing into defenders as well and, you know, you do forget that he's only 20 as well. And, um, yeah, he, he's... He, the, thing, the thing we have is every single one of our strikers pretty much offers us something completely different. You know, we we don't really have players who you'd say are like for like. 
Mm. I mean, the, the only player you'd say in there as well who's in his career at any point been a sort of natural goal scorer and scored loads of goals is Kedrin Scott, <laughs> who mm. is probably well, not yeah. quite ready for first team level, mm. I think, if you're being realistic. Yeah. Um, whereas the rest of them are sort of the good players, but they're not really been free scoring players in their career. Um, yeah. yeah. Alessandro's getting a few for us this season, but, you know, that's. Mm. You look at the rest of his career, he's not. You know, he's not a player who's going to get into double figures regularly, is he? No, no. I mean, I do. Yeah. I do wonder if you, you do bring Tori in maybe and push Kyle into the middle. And we've, we've mentioned Zanzala before. He's struggling to settle in, isn't he? I, I don't want. I don't. I don't want these one of these people who writes off a player straight away and say he's no. crap. He's not rubbish, but he's mm. looked rusty now. Not maybe he hasn't looked rusty. He doesn't look like he's quite up to speed with the way we play yet, does he? And that's understandable because mm. you, you likes of your Toure's and your Coyotes and Alessandros and even Walkers. They've been training with the squad for most of the season. You know They've got mm. used to the way we play. He's come straight in and we've not really had a run of games where he's had a chance to, to come in and play, has he? That, that's mm. probably where he's struggling a little bit. He maybe needs a bit of time to settle, but he, he's going to have to do it quickly, isn't he? That, that, that's the thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, th- I think some of Beach's team selections might have a degree of why is so-and-so not playing, why is so-and-so playing? But then, you know, so-and-so who wasn't playing may well be playing on the Saturday. You know, I think we're going to have to be rotating quite a bit. Um, and But, you know, back to your point earlier, questioning the team selection, I, you know, when I saw that lineup, I, I wasn't sort of, I didn't particularly have my eyebrows raised. I think Walker was the one that stood out to me for Patrick because Patrick, I think, has been excellent lately. I don't think he's had particularly bad games in recent games. Yeah. The thing I look at it is Patrick's been dropped after the um, Forest Green game. Mm. Um, There may be an injury knock issue there. There may be he's not training that well. Coyote's continuing to play and he's. I don't think he's been playing as well as Patrick. Now, is he just Mm. in there because of his throw-ins? I mean, his throw-ins... They're not bad throw-ins, you know. But mm. I have this impression that we don't seem to know what to do when the ball sort of lands almost at the moment. There's a bit of... Someone might win the flick on, but then there's no one there to pick up the pieces and potentially scramble the ball into the net. That, that's yeah. my worry at the moment. It's a little bit aimless. It's a little bit of a throw it in and cause a bit of chaos rather than throw it in and have a plan for where it's going to flick onto or where someone's going to be waiting to pick up the ball. I mean, we had a bit of a spell before we stopped playing where... <laughs> things were been flicked on off the long throws and chances were being created and it seems to have just gone back to where we were at the start of the season where the ball's coming in but it's been cleared relatively easily. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that's probably a quite a fair assessment actually I'd say. Um, yeah, I, I just it's one of those ones isn't it? I think it, we just looked a bit ring rusty but my worries mm. with the games coming up we need to get back up to the pace Pretty yeah. quickly, don't we? That's that's but where at, the concern is. At the same time, though, I think the games that are coming up, they're going to be more footballing matches, and you know, rather that because that wasn't a football match, was it? Let's face it, you know, it no. was, it, it, you know. So yeah, ho- hopefully we'll have you know more of a footballing game, and we, we do seem to do better in, in those sorts of games. Yeah, I mean, Harrogate weren't a bad side to be fair on them. You know, they look no, no. They, they picked up form lately. You can see why they picked up form. You know, they're very well organised, very well drilled. They 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 harassed us in the way we've harassed teams this season. And yeah. Guy struggled to get on the ball because their their players were on him a lot. And you know, mm. that, that's full credit to them and their tactics, really, isn't it? To mm. be fair on them, and Definitely. yeah, just a bit bit frustrating really to come back with a performance like that. But 
just the way it is. It obviously leaves us in ninth place in the table on 42 points mm. after 24 games. And we do, however, obviously have games in hand on pretty much every team in the league <laughs> this season. Yeah. Don't we? I think above us, you've only got Morecambe, we've got four games in hand on and Cambridge, you're top. We've got five games in hand on them. They're seven points ahead of us. Every other team, we've got three games in hand on. Mm. So, you know, that it, it's interesting, that, isn't it? Um, yeah. Th- there's potential opportunities there coming up. Um, I think that pretty much sums up reviewing the Harrogate game. Not much else to say, yeah. really. Just just wasn't a particularly great game of football, was it, really? Just, no. you know, I paid paid £10 for that back in December, and that's what I got to see <laughs> in the end, but there you go. <laughs> right, uh, I think we'll take a break there, Mike, then uh, we'll yeah. come back in just a second where we'll be uh, discussing the upcoming games against Salford and Trap. We'll be back in just a sec. Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. There you go. That's the break. We're back. We're going to be... Uh, you like that, don't you, John? That's <laughs> good. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. We're going to try and get everyone who does interviews with us to do those little bits. It's a bit different from the crowd noise, isn't it? And once fans are back at games, we'll get a few more crowd noise things done as well. Hopefully, uh, we can use a few of those. Um, okay, so let's get straight into it then, Mike. So uh, we've got games are coming up against Salford and Tranmere Rovers. Um I mean, first up, the Salford game. I mean, this... I'm a little bit worried about this game because they, they really are starting to find some form, aren't they, Salford? Yeah, I mean, they, they really are. They, they, they're just getting, starting to get that slight-headed steam and push themselves up the table. Um, referee for this game is Kevin Johnson. Um, he hasn't refereed the United game for pushing on three and a half years. Um, last one he refereed was a 1-0 win at Crawley in September 2017 where Richie Bennett and Tom Parks was sent off alongside uh, one of the Crawley players as well. I think Bennett came on as a sub, didn't he? And he was sent off about 12 minutes later in this game mm. for a, an elbow. And, you know, the you know the elbow he's got on him. <laughs> you don't want to get caught mm. on the end of that, do you? No. <laughs> Jabby little thing it is. Um, yeah, uh, head-to-heads, we've, we've played them twice. <laughs> we've won once and drawn once. We haven't lost to them yet. Um, last time we went, obviously, was early this season, the... 2-1 win um, back in December with goals from Louis Alessandro. He's a brilliant goal this one, wasn't he? He took, cut in from, yeah, the, yeah. from the right and hit it with his weaker left foot into the top corner. And uh, Reese Bennett got the other goal. Um, I think it was Deshaun Bernard got the goal for them in this game, possibly, late on in the game. I haven't got a clue. I can't remember exactly who it was, but it was a late goal, wasn't it? And one of the few games that fans were allowed to this season, I went up for this one, I remember really, really enjoyed it, actually. It was just nice to be actually at, at a game of football. Mm. Um in terms of current form for Salford, um, they're third in the last six games table. Uh, they've basically the form is one drawn, drawn, lost, one, one. So you know, three wins, two draws, and a loss in the last six games. Uh, they're currently in fourth place in the table on forty-four points, having played twenty-seven games with a goal difference of plus fifteen. It's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you look at those sort of stats and you know, their recent results. I mean, the, the last time out they had a you know a, a bit of a gimme up against Barrow. I mean, God, mm. they're really struggling, Barrow, aren't they? Yeah. Michael Jolly's just had no impact at all in terms of getting them up the table. They slid down into the bottom two in the recent fixtures. There, so that was a one-nil win. Um, prior to that, they beat table toppers Cambridge United four-one. I mean, that that was the result that stood out to me, wasn't it? That, that made you sit yeah. up and think. All right, maybe they are starting to find the form that you know we expected them to at the start of the season. Um, yeah. The last defeat came three games ago. It was a two-one loss in their local derby against Oldham Athletic at Boundary Park, thanks to a 90th minute winner for the Latics. Um, bit of other news for them: they're 
They're due to play in the 2020 Papa John's Trophy final in a few weeks' time. Um, the win against Portsmouth, the winner is only going to get to hold the trophy for one day, though, aren't they? Because <laughs> the 2021 yeah. final takes place the next day. Mm. Utterly ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, it's just just madness, isn't yeah. it? In fact, Tranmere actually are the team that are playing in the 2021 final against Sunderland the next day. Yeah, well, I, I was because I, obviously I play. I pay zero attention to that competition. I, w- I was mind blown that Tranmere were in the southern section. That's like literally the, the first thought I saw of that today. Well, I'm going to burst your bubble here, Mike. There isn't a southern northern section anymore after the uh, group stages. They, oh, is compl- it not? they completely abandoned it. This oh, last, okay. last couple of seasons, I think it was basically. So once you get through the group stage, I think it's just a free draw now. There might be one round where it's regionalised, but I think after that, mm. definitely, it's completely. Oh, okay open to everyone now hence why there's only one game as well now you don't have a two-legged uh, area mm. final either um, which is sensible-ish that part of it but I think the regionalised bit probably should stay but there you go um, like we said there they, they're really picking up for them they had a sluggish start to the season um, did you watch the Class of 92 docu the, the most recent one Mike because I know the, the no, recent one no. was on the BBC but they've done it on Sky now I think basically uh, I haven't watched it myself but I know a few people have interesting revelation that came from that is that they've got six centre-backs on their books who have a combined wage of £17,000 a week. Jesus. And it's astonishing, isn't it? Mm. You're basically looking at three defenders on two and a half grand a week, some of them probably more, some of them a little bit less. I I genuinely reckon our defensive midfield put together probably doesn't earn as much as that. Probably not, no. It's just, I mean, that that shows the difference, doesn't it? Really, what we're competing against this season, and yeah, you know, people are going to look, oh, you know, plucky Salford or whatever, and you know, maybe people might look at that and say we should be beating teams like Salford. Well, that's the challenge we're facing right now. Mm. It's just the way it is. Richie Wellens obviously took over as manager, I think, last November, wasn't it, from Graham Alexander, who was sacked. Despite them still being in the playoffs, oh, I think they were just outside the playoffs or near enough the playoffs. They were unbeaten, weren't they? I think they were unbeaten at that point. Yeah, mm. um, so Wellens. Took the job. Do you think he's doing a decent job there? I mean, with the, with the quality available, you should be up there and challenging for the automatic, yeah. shouldn't you? Yeah, you sh- yeah, you should be. And but you know, you can only sort of beat what's in front of you. And they have been. I mean, that that Cambridge game that you touched on was an incredible result, really. I mean, we, I think we were sort of hoping for a draw, really, as as Carlisle fans. But you know, four one. I mean, uh, I, I just I, I was having a look at that before and. Ian Henderson scored two and set up two as well. So he, he's been absolutely on fire for them, hasn't he, this season? I mean, he's just starting to find a little bit of form, isn't he? He, he wasn't really getting many goals. In mm. the, I think the first half of the season, he sort of struggled really to, to make the best of him. But I, I think he was Dan's prediction for top goal scorer in the league, I want to say. Oh, yeah. I don't think could... he's going to beat Paul Mull into that probably. But No, no. But he's probably going to be right up there come the end of the campaign, mm. I think the way it's going. Um, I think I was. I'm the closest, aren't we, James Vaughan at the moment? So yeah, and um, I'm the one that's furthest away. James <laughs> <He> was, Wilson, but <laughs> James Wilson was a mad one, wasn't it? When you look back at it, <laughs> but there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the last lineup. I mean, you look at some of the the names of the team: Joe Turnbull, Ashley Easton, Paul Coots, you know, Ashley Hunter, Josh Lowe, Ian Henderson, Richie Towell, James Wilson coming mm. off the bench. I mean, Gott, who I think they've got on loan from Leeds, really highly mm. rated at Leeds. He is. And mm. Frelkeld's, you know, he's won promotion with Plymouth before from this division. Mm. I mean, even on the bench, you've got uh, Andrade. Andrade, sorry. I mean, that, that that's what we're up against. It's not going to be mm. easy, this game. To, 
there's going to be people out there probably looking late. They say, you know, you know, look at the crowds again, everything like that. But they are a big spending club. There's, there's, there's zero doubt yeah. about that. Zero doubt at all. Um, in terms of danger, man, I mean, I've picked out here Deshaun Bernard, like I mentioned previously before, he's on loan for Manchester United. Paul Coates and Ian Henderson. I mean, you've touched on already, Ian Henderson's the one who's going to get goals. But Coates, I mean, he's played at championship level not too recently, hasn't he? I think, I yeah. remember, but... Yeah, and obviously in terms of former players in their squad, Ashley Easton is the club captain there. He's despite all the big spending, he's still managed to keep himself as a regular starter for them. Um mm. it should be noted before we go any further here, Mike, before we move on to the Tranmere game. This the Tuesday night fixture, the Tranmere fixture, is part of a full schedule of fixtures. It's not one of the rearranged ones. And the week after that is also another one of those games. It's a full schedule. The games in hand don't kick it in until another two and a half weeks. So mm-hmm. that's why it's key to sort of keep ourselves in touch until those yeah. games come along, isn't it, really? In terms of that. Do, do you think these two fixtures potentially are going to define what we challenge for this season, whether we're fighting for a playoff place or automatics? Well, I mean, they're certainly going to play a big part, aren't they? I mean, if if we lose them, then, you know, Salford and Tranmere will sort of get a little bit of space away from us. Um, so, I mean, right right now, I would take, I'd bite your arm off for four, four points from them two games, to be honest. Mm. That's fair enough. That I think we can tell what your prediction is mm. going to be for this one. Then, <laughs> just some guessing from that. Uh, well, let's let's talk about Tranmere now. Then quickly, um, so the referee for this game. This is game to take place on Tuesday. It's a seven o'clock kickoff. The referee is Benjamin Speedy. Uh, he last took charge uh, of a United game for the opening game of the season, the three-one defeat against Fleetwood in the Papa John's Trophy, a game in which Gimitore scored and was also sent off. And that red card was actually rescinded in the end, wasn't it? It was overturned. Mm. So. Uh, interesting that he's got this one. It's his first season as an EFL ref, actually. I think he was in the National League last season. Head-to-head wise, it, it, it's very tight. Overall, we've won 34. Tramway have won 35 and 19 games have been draws. And last time we played was last November, the 1-0 win for Tramway. It was a narrow win for them. Um, thanks to it. I mean, he's a brilliant strike from Corey, Taylor, uh, Corey Blackett-Taylor, wasn't it? Mm. it was a superb little bit of play to one of the few people who's turned Tanner inside out this season actually isn't he and cut inside and put it into the top corner to give um, Paul Farman no chance in terms of current form I mean this is pretty daunting isn't it it's basically Mm. 1-1 1-1 loss Uh, they're first in the last six games form table yeah they were sort of languishing in the bottom half but they're currently now in sixth place on 44 points having played 27 games with a goal difference of plus three I mean that, that that itself, I mean, we, we worry about the Sulphur game, but I mean, that is, is fairly daunting, isn't it? And it's sort of form mm-hmm. in. The positive to take from it, though, is that the last game was a defeat and they lost to Stevenage, who were down exactly. near the bottom. And Stevenage aren't the easiest team to beat. Obviously, we beat them 4-0, but, you know, they, they've got a good, strong defence, Stevenage, and they showed that with the clean sheet they kept against Tranmere. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, prior to that, um, prior to that run, actually, they drew 0-0 against Stevenage so you know they've not found it easy against them this season mm. um, the fifth game of the, the winning streak was actually the last time they won was a 3-1 defeat of Port Vale um, in terms of stuff we've sort of other sort of news involving them previously mentioned obviously they've made it to the 2021 Papa John's Trophy Final they'll play Sunderland in that they beat League One side Oxford in the semi-final and they actually beat League One side Peterborough in the quarter-final so they've got good pedigree against teams in the high divisions this season mm. Um, other bit of news for them is that striker Morgan Ferrier very recently left the club to join Israeli side Maccabi Petah Tikva I think I've pronounced that right I hope I have anyway 
Yeah, I, I think this one's arguably probably going to be tougher than the Salford game. I think with yeah, the, the form they've definitely. had, definitely, the way they've picked up this season. I mean, mm. mentioned there, they've had a dreadful start to the season, but they've got a great run of form prior to that Stevenage game. Yeah. You wonder if they've had a bit of a hangover, don't you, from last season? That They, they felt quite aggrieved, didn't they? They felt like a bit of an injustice was done on them with the points per game relegating them in League One, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I think they were relegated by something insane, like 0.08 points yeah, per game. Yeah, something, something like that, like, yeah. It was, it was very yeah. small margin. margin. But, you know, when you look at their attack, they've got a hell of a lot of strength and depth in there, haven't they? Mm, you look yeah, at it. I mean, I mean, James Vaughan's been absolutely banging him, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He I think he was, he was your prediction for the top scorer, wasn't he? he? He was indeed, as I mentioned just before. He was my prediction for top scorer. Mm. He's, a, he's a bit of a gobby lad, isn't he? I think we saw that in the game against us. He, he schooled a couple of our less experienced players. I mean, they've got to be a bit mm. more switched on, I think. You know, he, he likes to mouth off. He likes to throw himself down and win free kicks when he can. You know, he's clever like mm. that. Um, we, we need to be a bit more alert to that. Um, but I mean, even you look, who did they sign on transfer deadline day? David Nugent from Preston. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's been, I mean, he's 35 now, but you know, he's still a quality mm. player. And even alongside him, you've got Kane Woolery, you've got, you know, um, I think Kieran Morris is a decent player for them as well. I mean, Blackett Taylor, we've already mentioned. Daddy Lloyd, you know, his play was brilliant at Peterborough for a few seasons. Mm. I mean, I don't think he's so much an attacker these days, but Otis Khan's a decent player we were after in the past. And I think Ali Crawford they've got from um, Bolton, he's going to be a decent player too. So, you know, it, it's, it's they've got a squad that, that really underperformed at the start of the season. But mm. in Keith Hill, they've brought in a manager who's really turned them around, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be very combative in the middle as well with uh, Jay Spearing, who you didn't mention. He's uh, he's a little sort of uh, terrier in the middle. Of, I think John Mellish versus him could be an interesting battle. I think indeed, Mellish yeah. is certainly a lot a lot bigger than him, but Spearing sort of he, he's 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 good. He's one of them players that can make an absolutely crunching tackle that wins the ball as well. Yeah, he's, he's, he's you know he doesn't put in bad tackles in, in terms of you know going into injury play. He just goes in hard and knowing he's going to win the ball. He's a, he's yeah. really really good at that. To be fair, he's, he's always been pretty good at that. Um, I mean, even you look at the defense in terms of centre backs. Mark Ellis, ex Blues player, just can't get into their side at the moment. No. And you look at their centre back main centre back pairing is usually um, Peter Clark, who's been around the block. He's thirty nine now and. Uh, Manny Monta, I mean that. I mean that's an impressive centre back pairing, it, you know, from mm. any team at this level, isn't it? I mean, the, in terms of physicality, especially, you do wonder maybe if it is a kind of game where you do want to have Lewis Alessandro playing in this one because he's a bit yeah. more tricky. And he's not as physical, but he's you know he he'll hold the ball up and he'll play those tricky little balls. And yeah, one thing to say for Clark, he's not got pace, you know, and that you know we mm. maybe want some players alongside him who's who can run off him and pick up the ball possibly. Um, yeah, it, it, this one's going to be a very tough test. I know I keep saying it. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but mm. like I said, when you look at their last lineup as well, like I said, you've got your Monters and your Peter Clarks in there. Um, well, Mark Ellis hasn't even been making the bench, so I'm, I don't yeah. know if he's injured or something. But... I think he was injured for a long time, but I think he's he's fit again now, but he just can't make mm. the bench. That's the way it is. And Yeah, it, it, it'll, be, it'll be a tough test. A tough test, this one. Um, in, in, in terms of... United team news then. So Danny Devine is probably still out to the end of this month at the very least. I think they reckon maybe another couple of weeks after that as well, possibly. Uh, Morgan Feeney is obviously out with his broken foot. Jamie Armstrong, his broken ankle. Um, pleasing, wasn't it, to see George Tanner return to action against Harrogate. That that, that was a real yeah. big boost and 
getting through a full ninety minutes, especially, was the was the key to that. You know, if he'd well, I was just going to say, he didn't look like he'd been out for ages either, you know, whereas no. some of our other players who haven't been injured did look like they've been out for a little while. So. Yeah, they struggled a little bit. Um, it was interesting, yeah. Dean Furman didn't feature on the bench against Harrogate, did he? I wonder if that was a tactical mm. decision or was an injury, possibly. Um, you know, that we were, you look yeah. at our benches lately, we've had a lot of attacking talent on there and sometimes it's a little bit, you know, a little bit too much almost. You, you don't know who mm. to pick, maybe. That, 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 that's yeah. a concern, possibly. I don't know. But, but Well, uh, speaking of the bench against Harrogate, I was going to say, because it was weird, because we didn't have a homegrown young player on the bench, did we? No, we didn't. But apparently this rule now is that they have to be in the Reg- squad. Registered but not in, in the, the 22-man squad or whatever it is. And, yeah. I mean, to me, that's a bit of a cop-out from the EFL. Really. Yeah, Definitely. And, I mean, the thing is, it doesn't even help clubs like Harrogate or Barrow who don't have you setups because yeah. they still haven't got players registered in the squad who developed that. That's yeah. just the way it is. So, yeah, quite frustrating for them, I suppose. I mean, you do wonder if Barrow could just find a player who maybe played with their reserves for a couple of years and they could mm. put him on the bench and yeah. well, not even on the bench, just naming the squad on a few hundred quid a week and at mm. least then they can name a player in the squad. But, but there you go. Um, okay, Mike, then predictions for this what these two. Um, let's start with the... The Salford game. Now, I'm going to go for that we'll beat Salford 1-0, courtesy of Lewis, An- Lewis Alessandri yet again. Um, and I think Tranmere, I'll go for a one all draw. I'll be happy with that. And I'll go for... Uh, ooh, I'll go for Patrick against Tranmere. Okay. Well, I had a long thing about this because... I- you may remember that me and Dan predicted a 5 0 win over Harrogate. I think we got a bit giddy because it was the first time we were going to game in a while. And uh, we look a bit stupid after a pretty damp squib in a 1 0 defeat. I was very close to predicting a defeat for this game against Salford. I just have this mm. feeling. I just I, I just think we're struggling to find our feet a little bit. But I think with the loss against Harrogate, I think it might have woken a few players up to think, right, we need to get our acts together here. Mm. So I'm actually going to go for a 1 1 draw. For this one, I think we'll battle to to get a result, and yeah, that that's the way I'm thinking with that one. In terms of goal scorers, oh, um, I'm going to go Callum Guy. I think Callum Guy is going to get his first goal. You say this every week. I know I do, but he'll get one eventually. I, I use I usually include him when we like winning when I'm going for a three nil win or something. So I'll, I'll include. I think Callum Guy is going to get the goal. Uh, Tranmere, I'm going to go for a battling two one win. Um, I think I think you're going to see goals from Gimme Toure and Josh Coyote. Why not? He needs to get his goal. It's about time he owes us a goal. It's been a while. Yeah. So there you go. So four points from the two games. But I, if I'm honest with you, I think I'd take two draws now. I know it's, yeah. it's not ideal, but I'd take two draws right now just to stop them pulling away a bit further away. Yeah. Because there's a bit of a gap below us, so we can probably afford to do that. And then... Those two results gets us in a good rhythm as long as we don't lose the games. Mm. And then we can get our rhythm back up, get a, a win in the next game. I think it's against Oldham, I think, the next one. And mm. then we've got Colchester away, you know, which is you know, it's a long trip, it's a tough game, but Colchester's been pretty dreadful this season. So, so yeah, I think get two draws would, would be a good result. I've gone for a win in the Champions one, but I think two draws I'd be pretty happy with. I don't know about you, but for that one, but... There you go. Yeah, well, I, I, I wouldn't sort of disagree with two draws, but I wouldn't bite your arm off for them because I, I honestly think in these sorts of games where they want to come and play a bit of football, I think that we can get get more than that. Will you take a defeat and a win? Uh, no, 
<laughs> I, I, would take, I would take two points ahead of three points. Interesting. I think that's the yeah. way you look at it is that if one of them wins, that one team then pulls a bit further away, exactly. doesn't it? Exactly. If it was so, against a team that's struggling, you'd almost accept it, wouldn't you? But Yeah. So two like yeah, two points is better than three points in these weird circumstances, I reckon. Yeah. That totally makes sense, doesn't it? But there you go. <laughs> right. Let's get <laughs> let's get on to the X file stuff then, Mike. A little bit to cover here. Um goals. I mean we talk about goals. <laughs> you you gotta talk about Charlie White, haven't you? Five goals mm. in two games. Um mm. four goals in their four one win over Plymouth in the league at the weekend. And then he got another goal in the Papa John's trophy as they Drew 1-1 with Lincoln and then won on penalties to get to the final. Uh, he just can't stop scoring, can he? It's just incredible. That he's one of the, he, he is the yeah. absolute definition of a confidence player, though, isn't he? Really. Yeah, definitely. The way he plays in terms of getting uh, goals. But I, I saw some as well, I think, all season. So he's got, I think, 22 now for the season. Do you yeah. know how many assists he's got? Uh, like three, maybe. One. One. There you go. Just scoring. Well, the most incredible thing was his goals against... Um, against Plymouth in that game where he scored four goals. All four were assisted by Aidan McGeady. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just, mm. I mean, to be honest, with a player like Aidan McGeady at that level, supplying yeah. your crosses, I mean, Charlie Wake should be scoring for fun, really, shouldn't he? <laughs> Realistically, yeah. there you go. In terms of the other goals, um, Carl Dempsey scored for Gillingham in their 3-2 win over Charlton. Did you see this goal? It was a lovely no, no. strike. He, sort of, he gets sort of into the area on the right side, beats a defender, and he smashes it into the roof of the net past the keeper. Really, really good strike. Uh, he he really seems to be coming into his own at Gillingham now. Like because at the time when they were with us, I would I would have said him. He was streets ahead of Brad Potts at the time when he was younger mm. than Brad Potts. And Brad Potts is a solid Championship player now. And Dempsey, although he, he played a few games in the Championship for Huddersfield, didn't he? He hasn't really kicked on from that. No, he, he was a bit unlucky at Huddersfield. I think a new manager came in and just didn't fancy mm. him, didn't he? And, he went out to Fleetwood and he sort of had to rebuild his career a little bit, hasn't he, I suppose, in yeah. that sense. But I mean, it's mad to think he's only, what, still 25 now, I think. So yeah, still got plenty of time to play at the highest level. Um, so yeah, Dempsey scored. John O'Sullivan scored for Morecambe. I don't know if you saw this guy. I haven't seen it myself, but I'm told. It was very similar to the goal he scored for us against Exeter in the playoffs, where he just mm. hit a long cross and it just went over the keeper's head and into the back of the net. Um, mm. uh, Ryan Bowman. Scored for Exeter, but he was also sent off in this game, wasn't he? I think they drew 1-1 yeah. with Newport. Um, decent result for us, that, actually, to be fair, on the night. And uh, yeah. and finally, King Arthur scored for uh, Bolton Wanderers. Arthur Ganua um, got a 90th minute winner, didn't he, against uh, Mansfield. This was a belting mm. game. This wasn't it, wasn't it? They were 2-0 mm. down, I think. They were, or the 2-1 down, I think, possibly. And then fought back to win 3-2 late on in the game. Mm. Um Bolton, another team, are just starting to find a bit of a head of steam, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Really, a bit worrying them. Mansfield, fair, were on really good form, run of form up until this game. Mm. So, you know, there's a few teams just starting to find a bit, you know, a bit, bit of a momentum. And then mm. you look at the likes of Exeter and Newport, just starting to drop off, aren't they? So, hopefully, we won't be joining them in doing that. Um, only of a bit of X Files news is a, a bit of a sort of management news in terms of Paul Simpson. He's just taken over as the caretaker boss at Bristol City after Dean Holden mm. was sacked. He was part of the coaching team there, wasn't he? I think he joined at the start of the season. I think it's Holden's first job as manager. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's weird how when he was here, we had Dennis Booth was his sort of like old head of an yeah. assistant manager. And now Simpson was the old head assistant manager. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously has now uh, got the caretaker job. And if he does well, I, I wouldn't 
put it past him to, to get the job permanently. I wonder if they maybe if he, he wins his first few games, they might just give him it till the end of the season and you mm. know, see how it goes until then. It's one of those ones, isn't it? You don't necessarily want to be throwing a a new person in there with a what I don't know how many games Bristol City have got left, but you know with maybe only a third of the season left or also. But there you go. Um, I think that's it, Mike. I don't think we've got anything else to cover mm-hmm. today, have we? I think that's that just about uh, sums it up. Um, thanks yeah. once again for joining me. Not really anything to update in terms of the specials. We haven't, uh, we'll probably get another one recorded in the next couple of weeks. Going to hopefully mm-hmm. try and line up an interview with a former player soon. Um, we might do some historical ones as well. Uh, if you've got any comments or feedback or anything you'd like to discuss, as usual, you can contact us on Twitter at Bruntabugle by email to Bruntabugle at gmail.com. And all three of us, me, Mike and Dan, are all on the Be Justin Fairlock group on Facebook. So if you want to join that group, I think they've got 1,500 members now. And it's really, really good. Loads of good content on there, you know, you know, historical stuff and things like that as well. So well worth joining. Um, if you haven't already, please remember you can subscribe uh, via all good podcast apps, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple, uh, iHeartRadio, Acast, anything like that. Um, also, if on any of those apps, you can leave us a review and some feedback. That would be fantastic as well. Really, really would appreciate that. Um, in terms of the world map, our listeners, Mike, we have a new country, don't we? Yeah. Russia. I'm so glad about this one because when I go into the analytics, right, there's a big map, okay, right? And the, the, when countries, people listening countries, they highlighted a colour. So United Kingdom's gold because there's so many people listening. The other ones are sort of lighter shades and things like that. And Russia's this big lag mass on there. And I'm always like, oh, I just wish someone in Russia would listen. Just really help us. <laughs> and there you go. They've gone and done it. Someone in Russia has listened to us. I don't know if it's that fellow on Twitter who's uh, always tweeting the club with stuff, isn't he? The Russian mm. Carl United fan. But if it is, hello. Thank you for listening. I'd, I was going to say hello in Russian, but I don't know what hello in Russian is. <laughs> no, so me neither. I didn't even bother looking it up before. And that's how <laughs> lazy I am in terms of preparation. But there you go. Mike, thanks for joining me as usual. Um, Cheers. We'll, we'll be back next week, won't we? I'm not, I presume we'll be recording on Wednesday or Thursday again next week. Yeah. We'll, be looking, we'll be reviewing these two games and also looking ahead to uh, the game against, uh, I think it's Oldham in the game against Colchester, as I mentioned previously. So, yeah. yeah, thanks for joining, Mike. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, up the blues. Oh, 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 o